This is the extra mile. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the extra mile. I'm Justin Duncan. I'm always here with my favorite colleague and co-host, the G5. Hey, George, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I need another fill up. Oh, okay. Well, we could have done that in the break. I thought I'd just wait. Yeah, you know, for now. I think it's great that you waited. Oh, yeah. People can, can. Be, I don't know. Don't be envious be of our coffee. To drink Get your coffee. own coffee. Yeah. There's a coffee shop on every corner of every city now. It would be like another life. It would be fun to have a coffee shop. Uh, I think like a coffee house would be pretty cool. But in Lubbock, it's the market is so saturated. I feel like everyone has a coffee house. Did you give me all the coffee and none for yourself? That's what I do. I'm a servant of God. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll drink this. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There's plenty of coffee. I actually went to I went to the store, and I was going to show you my huge bag of coffee. Do you want to see it? Sure. Okay, here we go. Wow. It's very large. Wow. For those that are listening can't hear, the bag's about the size of my head. That's right. Um but it was yeah. such a value. <laughs> we drink a lot of coffee, apparently. We do. We do. There's a verse I wanted to talk about. Justin, do you have any anxieties in your life? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Are you kidding? What are some of these anxieties? Um, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like when people look at me. I don't like the fact that I don't make enough <laughs> money. I don't like the fact that I... Oh, do you want me to keep going? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the laments of Justin Duncan. Um, <laughs> no, you don't have oh, to keep going. I'm oh, woe is me. <laughs> you caught Caleb right as he was drinking. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I hope that was on camera. Oh, is your camera rolling? Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> Oh, what was me? Uh, oh, he's what going was through a science, uh, sinus infection. <laughs> I'm so. sorry. That was hilarious. He has some woes, too. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, I, you know, life's going to throw everything at you, and you have to just find, you have to find peace with it. Because you can't, I mean, I can't change the way I look. Yeah. I can't change the way that my, well, where my like hair is going. You're the nicest guys out there, man. Um, That's because, well. You I just gave me. The I rest think, of the coffee. I think other Look people... Look at the studio you built and the sign that you made with your hands. Mm-hmm. You have a lot to be proud of. Yeah. I actually bought a scroll saw to do that. I say that because this verse here um, hit me when I was going through the Proverbs. And it's Proverbs 12, verse 25. And it says, anxiety in a person's heart weighs him down, which I think we can all relate to. We experience anxiety. Life is heavy. We all have our weight to carry, and um, sometimes some more than others, and it's it can be hard. But the second half of that verse is very interesting. So, like, what is one of the solutions or one of the ways to help with that weight? But it says, but an encouraging word brings him joy. And... I guess I was just thinking about my own self, you know, my own position as part of my job is encouraging others that I really need to focus on those that are going through hard times but are experiencing anxiety specifically and see if an encouraging words 
not just behind the pulpit, but in life as well, really helps with that anxiety. And I, I would think it would. I don't know if you just experienced that or not, but it makes me uncomfortable uh, just because. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a middle child. Maybe it's because of a myriad of factors. But um, I know that we, as men in America, it's not really savvy. It's not really cool for us to get compliments. <clears throat> and no. I know, like, a kind word for us, uh, That's I see that frequently on Reddit. Like, men, what do you need from women? What do you need from other people? A compliment. And... That's the purveying comment. The really? purveying comment that I've I've read on all those posts are like, yeah, a kind word. Like uh, whenever somebody says, hey, that's a really nice jacket on you. It's like, I think about that comment. Somebody gave me that comment 10 years ago, and I still think about that compliment. You know, it's that's it's just how starved we are for people to be nice to Men us. especially because, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean. You can correct me. Well, I'm a man. We talk about being well, man. If, you, if you're listening. And we often just don't get that, you know, especially from other men as well. We don't get compliments. I could see a young man, you know, this isn't my situation. My dad was always very encouraging. But I could see someone, and I have heard of people who didn't get that, oh, you yeah. know, those words of affirmation from their father. Oh, yeah. And it's hard for them to pass it down. It's hard for them to you know, encourage other people and to be kind. Um, but people who are experiencing anxiety, especially ourselves too, um, them, those that are having a hard time encouraging others, really need, I think, an encouraging word. And when we talk about anxiety, we're just talking about in general. We're not talking about clinical anxiety and all that. So just a caveat there. But but encouraging words bring him joy. So it starts off with anxiety and ends with a polar opposite, which is joy. And uh, I don't know, it just, it just hit me uh, in a different way. It was very practical, I guess, in the sense that, hey, this is what you could be doing right now. You could be actually encouraging those that are experiencing anxiety and help bring them joy. And I think that's something that we all need to try to do um, is, is encourage people. Yeah. With, in a, like a counterfactual, when you're thinking about a good word, my version says, uh, but a good word makes the heart glad what is the what's the best thing that you can say to somebody yeah i guess that's a good point too like what, what, is, wanna... what is the best good word <laughs> right because our compliments can turn into lies very quickly if all we're doing is to be shallow and okay so obviously that's not like a best good you word, were talking right? about compliments that we remember right oh that yeah. jacket looks good in you well yeah. i think there's probably some truth in the idea that you thought that jacket probably looked good on you when someone validated that well now it elevated that comment right now now that was a good word mm -hmm. um, because you knew that there was maybe some sort of truth in it not in a conceited sort of way but in a way that well you were feeling down you knew that someone validated a certain truth in your life uh, in a sense but if i don't know it, superficial compliments People can sometimes just tell, and and we get so much that's superficial already in our life. We don't need more of that. Yeah, I guess we we need truth. <laughs> well, so then physically, are we? I mean, yeah, compliments are great and they are good. Um, so the best good word. I'm still trying to search for that. What is the best good word? 
I think it has to do perhaps with spirituality. When it talks about the meat of a person, like the core of somebody, um, can you find good in potentially a bad person or a bad act? Um, I don't know. I, I think every time I've tried to correct my son, I think of, well, these are the choices that you made, and I understand why you made those choices, and the, these things are good about this bad situation. Maybe that's maybe that's not the right thing to do. It's but like thinking positively about a certain thing. Yeah, I was inspired by reading a book uh, that was talking about Mr. Rogers and how he had mentioned um, there was some catastrophe. It may have been 9-11, uh, but there was some catastrophe that, befell the world and he as an aged man sort of came back into the public eye and said uh, that we need to love each other and we need to look at the helpers. He always talked about how he would, they would see some catastrophe on the television and he'd be watching television with his mom and his mom would say something to the effect of um, your, your mind goes to, Oh, look how horrible this is. And her mind went to look at all the people helping. Hmm. And so the lesson that he was trying to say was, in those moments, look to the helpers. Yeah. Because you have those people who are running away from the falling building, and then you have the firefighters who did not hesitate to gear up and run toward the building. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the people who are running toward calamity. Well, there's some truth there, too, because what we see, you know, we see someone actually needs help, and then someone actually goes and helps them. Yeah. Um, whereas I think you can pertain as everything else so much of this life especially on social media is so superficial people can tell if someone started a certain platform so as to get likes and followers and to try to be viral rather than um you know starting a podcast look at this where we're trying to actually help people yeah there's idea of legitimately helping people but when we talk about a good you know a good word we need to know what the problem is. We need to know what the source is. We need to know really that person, knowing their weaknesses, knowing what they're afraid of. Um, and, and then we'll be able to kind of pinpoint, oh, this is going to, these words of encouragement are really going to help them in this situation as well. You know, giving them praise and helping them get out of a, a, a comfort zone as well. And you were talking about earlier in the previous episode where you just want to put a mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hate these commercials with the um, the uh, the medication commercials on on TV or whatever, mm-hmm. where they literally are they are experiencing anxiety and they have this face over their <laughs> face, just the stick with a happy face, and mm-hmm. it's like a fake. I'm happy, but I'm really not happy. And I know that's talking about clinical stuff, but. That can be, I guess that's relating to many of us who are just putting on a face when really we're actually down and we're sad. And when we're around someone, encouraging words should give us certain comfort to be around them. Mm -hmm. It should be a safe place where now, okay, we get to experience joy here. An encouraging word, and I'm now being inviting in a sense, where I'm now inviting this person um, into a space of joy and a time of uplift, uplifting, and we're here for each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to try to make each other better, in a sense, mm-hmm. if, that make, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense. 
Well, I tried. I mean, it it's uh, it's one of those things where to to be courageous enough to speak to someone's heart, and I think uh, as an artist, that's something that I've tried to tap into for you know most of my professional career is to be able to say, okay, I'm going to get on stage. I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to sing a song, and I'm going to subliminally try to reach out to you and and prick the heart. I think you do the same thing from the pulpit as you try to say things that inspire people to continue their walk with God. And, uh, and I think theater and music and stories, it's one of the reasons why Jesus taught lessons in stories is because stories have the ability to, to transcend just a simple command Mm-hmm. Whereas the Old Testament was very much sort of, you will do this, you shall not do this, you you mustn't do this, and when this happens, you will do this. And then to say, this one person found themselves on the road, and this is how they acted. And this man was better than the others. That's a good point, too. Stories and storytelling, especially when you have a space of you know comfort, can act as words of encouragement, can act as a good word, mm-hmm. in a sense. Not only could be anecdotal in the sense that I'm relating to you, empathetic and compassionate, but you know it it is relatable in that sense. Mm-hmm. We can all stories relate because we all find ourselves living our own story. Um, and so what we want to experience is joy. And yeah, stories stories have a really good way of of relating that information. Jesus did that, yeah, like you're saying through parables. Um, Anxiety and worry is a tool of the devil, I would say, that it it tries to knock you down. It tries to put you in a place where you feel so disconnected from everybody else. Yeah. I think we all experienced that during the pandemic, especially in the early days, you know, March 2020, where we were hearing things from all over the world. We were hearing of this. It's almost like a train barreling down the track, and we can't get off the track. And so the worry, I mean, rent our society apart, I would say. It would. And Ed wants to come on and talk about the deep psychological effects of COVID. We'll have an episode on that later. Stay tuned. Um, I think that would be great. uh, I I think it's marvelous. But But, but you're absolutely right. The kind word is, is putting that to ease. I think that's great. It's something like even in the macro sense where like you say, okay, well, our, our entire generation needs a kind word. It's almost like a, a beacon, an icon. And, I mean, I would, I would just put forward that our icon could easily be Christ who teaches us how to overcome anxiety. And why are you worrying about these things? Why are you worrying about the physical? Worry about the spiritual things. Those are the things that really matter. And then God cares about us. He'll provide for us. It's a level of trust. Right. And it takes maturity to get to that point, obviously, where it's very easy to say, Yeah, is he gonna pay my mortgage next month? Is he gonna pay is he gonna pay my car payment next next Tuesday when it's due and I don't have the money in the bank account? Those are anxieties. Mm-hmm. No, those are real anxieties. But that uh, you know, a reliance on uh, a reliance and trust on the strength of our father to say Well, I think you're right. I also think an encouraging word, or like you said, a good word, is a way to remind people that they are not alone yeah. as well. 
Somebody somebody saw me enough to say something nice. To say something nice. So they noticed, they observed, and they recognized a good aspect and quality of me. I think anxiety oftentimes is spurred on because we feel alone in the world. And you were talking about COVID, being isolated and shut in. It's easy to feel like there's nothing and, and nobody else. Um, there's this distance there. But good words and encouraging words close in on that distance and really bring people together um, in ways that help us then create a relationship of truth and honesty and growth for later, you know, things that, that come up. And so as we're growing and building a relationship, I now trust this person to give me honest information. So maybe I do need some criticism or a critique over here later on. But encouraging word is going to help bring that. Encouraging word is going to help bring that person closer together. Yeah, it's well said. I think it's a great lesson from the Proverbs. Proverbs is kind of one of those books where, you know, you can kind of flip the book and put your finger down and find a, a nugget of wisdom. Yeah, you really can. And um, it's almost overwhelming because you're like, oh, man, there's a lot of things I have to work on, and there's a lot of tools that I don't, <laughs> I need to use, but I can't use simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of the few books in the Bible that fail the, the book narrative. Like you can't really just open it and read it. You mm-hmm. almost have to digest it in pieces. Yeah, little pieces. You can't expect a whole chapter to be like beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. There's some chapters where you can, but many of them, especially there in the middle, when Solomon comes on the, the scene, verse chapters 12 and, or 9 through 12 and on, yeah, it can get crazy. It's, uh, it's something to take into our lives just to say, have you said something nice about somebody today, this week? Um, and if you haven't, be encouraged to do that think about other people. And that, and that's what brings us closer together as well. Paul talks about that constantly. Hey, I, I pray without ceasing for you, brethren. I, I pray for your welfare. I pray that you're spiritually strengthened. You know, he talks about that constantly. It's a lesson for me to say, uh, in, in my prayers, I talk about like my immediate family and not necessarily other people most of the time. Uh, I know that the, we get the, the mere updates with the prayer list and it's, I have taken a time to like try to read it. And there are times where there's many, many names on that list, people needing help. And I think we all need that. We all need to have someone thinking about us and how encouraging that can be and praying for us. And, um, we get kind of that, that weird trope. I don't know if you've experienced if somebody's like, well, I'm going to pray for you this week. And, um, you're like, what? What? Yeah. I'm invaded. That seems to be my reaction as well. Just sort of like, uh, I don't need you to uh, what? It's like a very intimate thing that you just suggested. Well, and it we is, and we way. as Americans aren't comfortable with intimacy. Mm-hmm. We really aren't. Uh, and to say, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. If somebody says, "Hey, I'm thinking about you, and I'm going to pray to God for you on your behalf," that's such a beautiful thing. And to embrace that and welcome that, and um, that's a power that you have over the devil over the world, over the anxieties of this world and what they can throw at you is, uh, you can take them to God and give them to him. And, and then to open, to be courageous and strong enough to consider another person and say, I really appreciate the fact that you do this thing for the congregation. Like George, I really like your voice whenever you're preaching. 
Like you have a, superficial. You have amazing insight into life as a young man who is married and has kids, and you have a very profound, out of the box thought on the Bible, and not out of the box that like you're changing something, but that you're able to spin thoughts that hit differently than any other preacher I've ever heard. And it's good. Those are very good things. It gets people stirring and thinking because that's exactly what you should do is you should be thinking and contemplating and meditating on the law of God and how I need to continue to refocus my life every day and uh, be encouraged throughout the week. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And with this thought here, um, Verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians 5 says, For God did not destine us for wrath. Right? There's that anger. Um, you probably even say anxiety and stress, worry. But for gaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. That whether we are alert or asleep, in talking about spiritual sleep, we will come to life together with him right and you're like okay so that's great what is this all for and he ends with therefore because of this encourage one another and build each other up just as you are in fact doing so he gives a compliment of what they are doing paul does for one and the reason we are giving you know compliments and encouraging each other um even though we may be angry as he says we're not made for that we're made actually to draw closer to God, to be close to God, to have that connection and that intimacy where we're praying, um, and to be close to a loving Father. And if we have that type of relationship and we're saved, all the more reason why I should encourage someone, all the more reason why I should you know, tell someone a good word, and help them create a space of comfort and joy and try to draw closer to them through that. Um, because I have Jesus as my Savior. Yeah, and there's it, joy in that. There's another layer of, you know, we're all trying to figure out. If, if there was a rule book that we could use, like a player's handbook, a life handbook, that we could just open and flip to, oh, I know this page. It's 572. You flip to 572 and it tells you how to handle this situation in your life. That if I think everybody's searching for that, we're searching for that. Well, how do I make more money? How do I make someone smile? How do I make my dad love me more? Mm -hmm. How do I make my kids obey me? You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why there's thousands and thousands of self help books. It's right? Barnes and Noble would not exist. <laughs> right, if we could just have one book that tells us and gives us the answer, right? And I can see those sources of encouragement, like the 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 encouragement from a, a brother, a like-minded person in God, how that could also be a, a guide. Like when, I mean, I made the sign, I thought the sign was cool, and then everybody's like, that sign is so cool. And it's like, oh, sweet. Everybody else thinks that's great, awesome. Uh, how that is encouraging to continue making signs i guess that's a bad metaphor we'll drop that but <laughs> to say like yeah like if uh let's say you showed up at uh, a sister's house who was a widow you know mm -hmm. she, like she didn't have any she didn't have any uh, uh her kids have, have gone off or like her husband's died or whatever you showed up at her house and you you brought her some groceries you bought her a pie you know you brought her a meal um and how that could how that could be so encouraging uh to 
to reach out to someone and provide a service for them, give them a smile, give them some time. And, and I think something like that could be extremely encouraging as well, where we, we keep the loneliness at bay. And I, I know you probably experienced the same thing that I, you could be standing in a room of people. You could be at Grand Central Station and there's a like surrounded by millions of people and you can feel absolutely disconnected and alone, surrounded by all those people. It's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Go to United and never make eye contact with anybody. Something that I tell my son right as he goes to school, because uh, he's had some trouble with bullies and anxiety, and I think that he's done his yeah. fair share of bullying too, as as we all have done. I think we've all sort of experimented with being a bully and also being bullied. And I said, uh, it's it's really contagious to spread anger and to spread sadness. It's it's contagious. Um, and I said, what's even more contagious is a smile. I was just thinking of anything to like get this kid to smile and be excited about going to school. And I said, can you tell me how many people that you can make smile by smiling at them? Just like be happy and smile. Yeah. And see if you can make that contagious. And he was shocked. He was like, dad, I made so many people smile today. Just like spreading happiness. That's awesome. And that's something that you can do an encouraging word. Spread a, spread a smile at the marketplace today, mm-hmm. you know, spread a smile at work. And um, and humor is a good way to do that too. Yeah, humor combined with a smile, encourage others to smile. The best way to fight against insults, yeah, that's is, my mechanism. Is that is 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 humor? I also do that with compliments too. Where like, when someone compliments me, it's sort of like, and I curtail it into self-deprecating comment to make everybody laugh. Yes, I don't know. That's my mechanism. Same because I'm awkward. Nah, well now. We're both awkward. Now it is awkward. <laughs> Do you feel that? Um, you want to have an awkward moment? Let's have an awkward pause. You should go so.